And we're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to um, Bringing Humanity Together. We are, we'd like to welcome you to our broadcast today. This is one of three broadcasts that we have during the week on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, you're more than happy to join in and um, comment in the chat where you're coming in from. Um, we are uh, live streamed on um, Restream. We can have up to 10 people in the room, so feel free to jump on to the live stream. Um, we will have somebody monitoring the chats on um, YouTube and um, LinkedIn Live. LinkedIn Live, <laughs> thanks. I just had a little senior moment there. Um, but we'll be uh, certainly happy to um, answer your questions or interject any thoughts that you want to um, add to the conversation. Um, today is uh, bringing the Bringing Humanities Together um, Humanities Happy Hour. And um, what we want to do is just have an open conversation uh, about uh, things that you see in the workplace, things that we want to improve upon, because our mission is to bring humanity to the workplace in terms of bringing the employer and the employee together to have a uh, great place that people want to work. Um, the topic that we were going to talk about today was about adding value to others. We had kind of started this conversation yesterday and thought that we would um, focus on it today. And in preparing for this, um, as everyone might know, um, I know everyone here does, I love John C. Maxwell. And um, he talks a lot about value and leadership and valuing people. And um, I, I found some great information um, that I wanted to share. One of the things that he says in his quotes is, to add value to others, one must first value others. And he also says it's one thing to communicate to people because you believe you have something that you, a value that you want to say, but it's another thing to communicate with people because you believe they have value. Um, and I thought that that was really, really important because a lot of people just say stuff because they have something they feel is important to say, but they don't have value in people. And we have talked before about valuing the people that you work with and when you're a leader and adding value to people. And so I thought we could start the conversation off with your thoughts about that. Well, who likes to go first on that one? I, I think we should start with Brian again because he was talking about a little bit late in the afternoon yesterday. What's your thoughts, Brian? Well, it, Based on that that quote, it, it it sounds nice. It's good fodder. Um, it sounds like he's using the word value synonymously with um, respecting another person, or potentially listening to, or or you know, understanding, which is a terribly overused, silly word. Um, but. In, in terms of adding value to someone else, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure how that works, but if it was to, to say that you, you needed to respect someone else, I could see if it was used in that context that, yeah, everybody has a different worldview. Um, everybody's model of the world is different. And, you know, 
I don't need somebody to understand me or my view of the world, nor do I have to understand someone else's. And the belief that we have to understand someone else, I think, is is a bit naive. Um, I would say it's more that we need to respect someone else's worldview. And if you're going to keep it strictly in values, um, value is just something that's important. I mean, we all have different values. There's no better or worse or good or bad values. They're all just different values, um, regardless of what people like to say about other people that we have values and our competition doesn't or whatnot. Um, but, you know, adding value to someone, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think maybe there's a way to provide kind of a clearing or a space for people to recognize um, their own, you know, values. Um, there's, there's many ways to elicit things from people and out of people, uh, manipulate them for good, bad, or indifferent. Um, you know, the last year and a half has proven such. But, you know, the, the language we use and how we speak to people and, and, and so forth can have an impact. Um, but in terms of purely adding value, I don't know, Chris, we were, on, we were having a, that same conversation with a whole bunch of people yesterday evening um, in business. But that was more fundamental of how do you value your business and or your services. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting because so many people consider values and or value in business monetary. Um, but, you know, suppose value for an artist was a sketch pencil, right? I mean, suppose it was time to daydream or get out on the golf course or sit by the beach or to have alone time. I mean, it, it depends on what you consider important to yourself. Um, and values change. I mean, we've had different values throughout our lives. What was valuable for me when I was, you know, eight, nine, 10, you know, my teens were different than what they are in their thirties, forties and, and so forth. Um, you know, it, it's never, it's not just, Hey, this is what is important to me and that's it. You're and done. No, I mean, it's a, it's a moving target. I see it in terms of the people that are on a team are valuable because they all uh, contribute a part to the success of the team, whether it be, uh, you know, somebody's good in, in uh, communication, somebody's good in uh, the marketing side of it, somebody else is uh, great at the organizational part. I think that I look at it in this respect, in the workplace, I look at it as that each person is a valuable member that they have something to contribute to the team. And that as part of the team, I think that we all, not necessarily the leader, but we all need to try and understand everybody and where they're coming from. 
and know what their values are. And we might find that somebody's valuable towards the organization in some area that, that they've never even thought of before. And if you could point that out to them that, hey, I think you would be great working with this project because you do, you have this, that, or the other capabilities and, and you're willing to learn, let's work on this together. You know, that is helping them feel valuable, but it's also adding value to what you're doing for the team. Uh, can I now, add when you look at values in terms of values uh, is like, um, I don't put monetary things on it, but we have values in terms of how we think about different situations and what is our, um, you know, um, how do I want to say it? Um, what's your value system? you know, um, and not monetary value. Could I so value money, money can be a value. Money can be a person. Well, yes, right, right. Value can be used, the word value in and of itself can be used in several different ways. But I think what John C. Maxwell is talking about is that we have to look at people for people and not just people there to do a job, that they're actually people that are valuable to the organization. Can I uh, step in for a moment? This is Coach Judy. You bet. Okay. Uh, what, one of the things that I, what I'm hearing is from everybody is that it depends on, you know, what it is that, uh, what area are you focusing on? And, and hearing about depending upon what age you're at and also what, what environment that you're, you're addressing. And I know when I speak and talk, it's really humanity starts from within. And who are you as a person and what is it you're able to give up since being you, regardless of what you know or don't know that can blend, but it's really starting from within your own self and having peace and self-love so that you're able to really give back in the areas that you can support and create greater humanity for others to learn from. What's your thoughts on that, Melinda? Oh, well, it's interesting, like uh, Brian just explained uh, and Carla, um, value can be used in different ways and uh, to mean different things depending on the context that it's being used. So you see like a team, a group of eight kids that are playing soccer or whatever, and their goal is to do whatever, make sure they achieve the hits and this and that. And you, you tear them on to make the goal and really do well and they can beat that other team. and or whatever to that higher need. So that's another way of value that doesn't have monetary monetary um, meaning to it or attachment. It's just the value of, of numbers. You know, they might have a three versus a five to the other team. Um, the value, it depends on you and how you see yourself in the world and how you were raised in your, your whole upbringing, because we all don't have the same value system. I think we should, but 
that is not the case. Everybody has a different way to look at life and what is life and the whole, you know, um, you know, manners and respect, I was told to honor you and you will go through life with, with two of those things in life, no matter what, you have to have that to go to levels in life. And I see that it, it is true, no matter how much education you have, respects, manners, you have to have them. It's just like certain things when you were going somewhere in transit and you have to say, excuse me, it, you just have to. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm crossing, let the person know if they can't hear or see whatever the case may be. But to point with value, value um, stems back to how you were raised, your upbringing. Um, how, how, how do you see the world? Is it money is more important or the value, the respect and the integrity that you have and, and, and what you've been instilled with in your life? Is that making you same richness to a person that is wealthy and just has dollar signs from here to there. Everybody thinks of money in different ways. Some people think that, oh, because he or she has millions of dollars, he knows how to speak to people. He's He or she must be the, the gem at talking at everyone. And that might not be the case. You, that person that came up from a decent background, maybe not both family rearing and everything, went to college, got married, have children, whatever your case may be, might be more respectful and of value to society than that person who is millions of dollars away. But can he talk to people? Can he govern a city? Can he govern a country, state, et cetera, et cetera? Maybe not. But people usually quickly want to say, because there's a attachment of money, oh, he's definitely or she's going to be speaking like, you know, they know how to speak to you better than we would know how to speak to them. And that's not the case. So there goes value of, of money doesn't necessarily define who you are in your life. It's your upbringing more so and the things you've done, your experiences in life or where you're going and your goals and aspirations can be more of a defining factor of the value you are and that you bring to society that you live in and you want to contribute to and do so forth with the environment. And, and, and that's so spot on, uh, Melinda. And, and Coach Judy, you're spot on too as well. Yes. But this is the way I see it from my point of view for working for others for over 35 years. The one thing that, of course, interconnects us all is our very humanity, number one. That's mm -hmm. really what, it's the granddaddy of them all. That, that, that's it. We all are in a connection with each other. Plus, I learned that from Brian so so many, many times over. So he's like, we're already there. Did you know that? I'm like, uh, okay, we're connected. But number two for me is I have to end up coming into a conversation. And, and, and Brian, that is so great. In fact, I'll just turn to you from that. Say, say that again to everyone. I, I love that. Well, the notion that we're already connected is it, suppose you went through life saying you had to do something in order to get connected or we're not connected. It implies that something has to be done. Like if I'm not connected with you, it, ought, it, it, it infers something needs to be done. And what I'm saying is suppose you started from the concept or notion that we already are 
It's taking a, it, it take a stand from the perspective that we are connected. There's nothing I need to do in order to be connected with you or Sandy or Melinda or Carla, right? We already are. I can walk into an audience of people in a speech or a talk or a presentation or whatever, business meeting, and I can already be connected with them. I don't have to do anything in order to be connected. That's that's what what I mean, Chris. And, and thank you for that. And I wanted you to jump in on that. And I truly believe that, like like Brian has taught me so well, and I've known this for, for, for a very long time, that, like I said, we're already connected. We're already there. But I also want to do it from a place of that I'm willing to give of myself freely, unconditionally, and really value people for their very humanity, not because of their said position, not because of their said place in the world. To me, no amount of money can put a price on humanity. There's just no way. I truly believe, ladies and gentlemen, the next currency of humanity is going to be rooted in value, not money. When we value people more so than the very money that we're paying them or we're getting goods and services for, then that's going to be the ticket to, to a very successful, not only organization, but a community, a nation. Chris, and can I ask you a question? Go ahead, go, Judy. Okay, because I'm getting a little lost here because uh, I feel like we're saying different components, but when you talk humanity what is the definition in your mind as humanity itself for me the definition of humanity is the very sum of the things and values and um things that we have learned for thousands and thousands and thousands of years virtues and things of that nature um that to me is what really makes us who we are of course by definition though also coach judy we're also individual in the very same context there's a there's a uniting front behind it but yet again we can be individualized at the very same time because if we are going to end up being that cookie cutter approach type of people then the, the ultimate powers that be we're to make this the way we are. So we can think differently, but yet we also can agree and also take in context of what else someone else is thinking, because it's like what Brian has taught me so well is when you have a conversation with somebody, you're not having it for them, but with them and just be with them in that very context. And Brian, I think you, you, know, you can expand on that too as well. Just being with someone? Yes. Well, it, it, it's a little like what I just said with understanding. I don't need to understand, nor does someone have to understand me. It's just a matter of respecting and, and accepting, you know, worldviews or structured interpretations. I mean, we all have structured interpretations of the world. Um, I don't have to buy into yours, nor do you have to buy into mine, and I don't have to force you to understand anything and vice versa. I mean, it's just it, it's just being with something and not having to do anything with it, right? It's 
I have stuff in my life. That doesn't mean I have to do anything with what I have. I can just be with what I have and let it alone. And the more I let it alone, it lets me alone. Um, you know, it's it's just a, it's a different kind of approach. It, it, like I think as we've talked about, Chris, a lot of times, a lot of people, when you hear them talk about their life, it's if I do something, I get to have a whole bunch of stuff from doing it. And after I have all that stuff, I get to be happy. And they live this life in this linear progression you have me. And I've just suggested that flip it around, start from being and then doing from that being, and then you get to have stuff after. Like, um, it's this notion that if I, if I do something that I like, I'll like what I do and then I'll be happy as opposed to, well, why don't you just start from being happy? Because being happy has nothing to do with circumstances, has nothing to do with situations. Um, and I can just be happy and then go do something from happiness. And then I get to have a whole bunch of cool stuff. Like it, 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 it turns the in order to upside down. Sandy, your thoughts? Well, I, I really think that if you're going to get value from people, you need to accept people and where they're coming from and, and what their perceptions of things are. And, and it's also, if you do that, you have an opportunity to learn. I mean, you may not always totally agree with them, but sometimes you step back and you go, oh, well, I never thought of that, you know, for, from that perspective. But thank you very much for sharing. It's sort of given me a different insight into this. And I think that if we can accept people for where they're coming from and with their values and their experiences and their perceptions of things, we have great opportunities to learn. And we might actually be able to take advantage of that in terms of our own lives or for a business situation or whatever. And people on a team usually are on a team because they bring certain skill sets and certain abilities to the team which help the team to accomplish their goals. And we need to be appreciative of what they bring to the table and what they contribute to the team. And that's their value, if you will. But it's just a matter of, we have to be accepting. You know, people who aren't very accepting and judge people all the time. I mean, that just makes everybody uncomfortable. It's just, it's not a good way to be. I think that it's just better to sit back and go, oh, well, that's interesting. I don't know if I really totally agree with you, but something I've never thought of before. So thank you for sharing that because it does give us a different look at this situation, whatever it is. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But we have to accept that people are entitled to their own perception and their own values and their own take on things. And, you know, it shouldn't just be what you think or, you know, where you come from because that's not how the world works. And people are different, and that's what makes it so interesting. If we were all the same, it would be very boring. Yeah. It's good yeah. that yeah. we have different experiences and that we bring different skills and different perceptions and different ideas to the table. Because again, it's an opportunity for learning. And you know that's something that we should be doing our whole lives, is continuing to learn and, and to understand new things. And we can only do that if we accept the people that we are 
working with or that we're friends with or that we're socializing with or whatever. You have to accept them for who they are. And, you know, that's how you value the people that you deal with because you accept them. And, you know, for some people, that seems to be a very hard thing to do. You know, it's my way or the highway. You know, like, how I do it. You know, fine. We don't have to have anything to do with each other. You know, whatever. Well, it's garbage. I'm sorry. Well, a lot of leaders think that, that it's about the corner office and having that prestige of a title, and it's not that. It's um, it's building relationships with people and getting to know them. Um, it, it's when you have a great relationship of the people that are you're working with, not people working under you, like, oh, you're my nurse practitioner. You know, it's like, wait a minute, I'm a provider just like you are. You know, when you're when you have a great relationship with the people that you are around and you create a relationship, I'm not saying have them over for Sunday dinner. That's not everybody, you know, but know them as people and know that they are valuable for the team. If they weren't there, then things wouldn't go smoothly or maybe without whatever they're contributing to the, to the project or idea or whatever, without that contribution, it wouldn't be the same, you know, that we have to build relationships with people, not just talk at people. We need to talk with people and build relationships with them because when you like it, the people that you're with, things go a heck of a lot smoother than you've got when than if you've got people in there that that don't want to build a relationship, a boss that doesn't want to build a relationship. Absolutely. It just, it changes the whole culture. It changes mm -hmm. everything. And it's a matter of, you know, we need to appreciate each other because everybody does have different values and different skills and whatever. And aren't we lucky that they do? Because then we can leverage those things to help us, accomplish whatever we're trying to accomplish and value them and acknowledge their contributions and thank them for bringing to the table what they bring to the table. Because if we don't do that, then, you know, we're, we, we will miss opportunities because if people don't feel that they're listened to, they will make suggestions. And if they don't make suggestions, then again, we miss opportunities. So it's very important that they feel comfortable and that they feel appreciated and respected and if we have a culture that's like that, then we're going to be successful because everybody's going to feel like they're a piece of the puzzle and that they fit in and that they're comfortable and that they're appreciated. And when that happens, good stuff happens. I mean, it's just a matter of, of making sure that that's how people feel. And it's not that hard to do. I mean, it's really not. It's just a matter of listening to people, paying attention to them and thanking them for offering whatever they're offering and so on and so forth. And when you do that, then people feel valued. Right. I was going to say, when you were talking about respect, and I was thinking, you know, I could easily fill in the word valued there. When people feel valued, they're more productive. They're more wanting to contribute. And, and, then when you look at valued as in respected in a work situation and you think of the other ways to use values, well, I have values that you don't cheat and steal, you know, that's different from the value and feeling valued as a con as a um, positive contribution to the, to the project at hand. 
exactly. And then when people feel good, they usually are more efficient. They're more productive. They do their job better. I mean, it's a win-win all the way around. But people who can't do that, particularly if they're the leaders of the team, then you're not going to have a very coherent, productive team that's going to be high performance and that's going to get everything done within the timeframes that we have to get it done. But if we show value and we appreciate them and we respect them and we thank them for their contributions and we listen to them, that's a really important aspect of it. You've got to listen. People don't feel that they're ever listened to. They'll never contribute. And again, that's how you miss opportunities. So we want people to know that they're going to be listened to. And if they have an idea, we want to hear it. So share your ideas. But if, if, it, if it doesn't work that way, then again, you miss all kinds of opportunities and all kinds of things that, you know, maybe would have been very helpful. But if they don't feel like anybody ever listens to them, or if you also have a leader who takes credit for things that other people bring up, doesn't make you feel too good either. So it's just a matter of how are you dealing with your team? Because if you respect them and you value them and you acknowledge their contributions, then you're going to have a good team. And that means that your business is going to be successful because you're going to be able to accomplish all kinds of things. And people who feel good about where they work and what they're doing, you don't need to worry about customer service because they're going to want the customers or clients or whatever you want to call them to be happy. And so they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that happens. And again, you know, if something goes wrong and sometimes things do, that's when as a business, you want to be gas worthy because you want to fix that problem, whatever it is in a way that they forget the problem. They just remember how you fixed it. And that's why sometimes you just might want to ask somebody, that'll make you happy you know, after this situation. And if you can provide them with some of the things that they've offered you that'll make them happy, then they'll be happy. Then you win. So, you know, it's it's actually not that hard. Again, none of this stuff really is rocket science. It's really not. But it is a matter of paying attention and listening and valuing and respecting the people with whom you work. And if you can do that, you're going to have a much better team and everybody's going to be happier. People who are happier are also healthier because it changes your brain chemistry. It releases more endorphins, which enhance your immune system. So we win all the way around because then, you know, you won't have people that are off sick. Of course, that's a bigger burden on everybody else. you got to pick up the slack from what that person would have been doing. So it's a matter of what are you trying to accomplish? So if you're trying to accomplish some good things as a team collaboratively and so on and so forth, then let them feel like they belong and that they're appreciated for what they do. Not that hard, but it's it's very important, particularly if you're leading the team. Step back, let your people have their say and acknowledge what they say. And just tell them, you know, oh, Melinda, that was a really good idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. What does everybody else think? Don't you think that's a good idea? Excellent idea, you know? It's just a matter of how are we, how are we dealing with our people? And that's where the humanity piece comes in, Chris. If we can be more humane with our people, then we're going to be far more successful and you'll have far less turnover. Because when people feel valued and appreciated and so on and respected, they're not going anywhere. They're going to stay right. where they are. And turnover is very expensive in any organization. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. It's very expensive. 
So if you don't want to have turnover, plus customers are much more comfortable when they see familiar faces, you know, when they come in. If they come in and every time they come in, it's somebody new, it's not comfortable. It's, it's really not. They like to come in and, you know, and the people that are there know them. Oh, Carla, it's so nice to see you again. How are you? You know, how do you think that makes Carla feel when she comes in and, and the person at the front remembers her name? I yeah. mean, you know, there's nothing really like that. But it's just a matter of what are we doing? And, you know, what makes you stand out from the crowd in terms of what your business is? Because there's a lot of competition out there for all kinds of businesses. It's really good customer service, consistent, excellent customer service. And you can only provide that if you've got a solid team. Otherwise, it doesn't work. If you want your customers to be happy, then you've got to have consistency. And one of those things is no turnover. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you got happy people, they're going to make your customers happy. It's just how it works. Right. Especially when they're proud of, of where they work and, and the things, the, you know, the products or services that are provided, then they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that the customers keep coming back. And, you know, remember how your mind works. People remember the first experience they've had with you. They remember the last experience they had. And they remember repeated things that happen that are positive. And if most of it is, is on the plus side, then they're going to keep coming back. And the other thing that will happen, if they're very happy with your products or services or whatever, they'll tell other people. So they can send you other business. It's a win-win all the way around. Exactly. It starts at the top. And that person has to model the behaviors. And if they can do that, it's all good. Absolutely. But well, I want to throw this in here to the end of the conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've always approached it from this dynamic, and it's always served me very well. To me, number one, the best investment is the human investment. Once we invest in people, and make them feel like they're a part of something bigger than of themselves. Not only do they win, we win. And that's where I get the, the great quote that we have for our organization is, if I help you, you help me, then we help we, is from, of course, none other than John C. Maxwell. Because if you invest in others and you really show them that you can be that guide on that hero's journey with them, not only do you invest in them, you invest in yourself. And then by very definition, you invest in everyone else in the organization and that, then that everybody gets to go where they need to go. But also, I, I truly do this too as well. I'm conscious enough in my skin, so to speak, of either to be from a leadership dynamic or a, a, a an actual partner dynamic. People like to say employees, but I don't believe in the word employees anymore. I believe in partnerships. I've, I've always known this in, in the 35 years that I've been working for others. It's number one, the status quo mindset tells us that we actually can have employees be replaceable. But I know this from an organizational point of view, which is that people are irreplaceable. Hello, Yale. How you doing? <laughs> and, and, I, and I truly believe in that, ladies and gentlemen. 
and that's how we're going to be focused on you're going to make people feel like they, they can't be replaced because like i said before you can't replace someone's work you can't replace somebody's time you can't replace somebody's effort if you was to do that we will have that cookie cutter approach every single part of our days every single part of our lives and we will not be individuals anymore we become the very robots that we or very monsters i still call it that we would turn into you know who wants to live a life like that i don't not fun it is not fun sandy you're absolutely right not fun at all we got to make people feel like us and oh i want to pull this up in just a second and i think it is the greatest thing that i've ever heard in quite some time there we go um where is it yeah it's under docs oh here we go uh i gotta bring you up here in a second here we go it's in here where is it at oh it's not there it's not there where is it at i had it i have it it's a great quote and and, and it comes from none other then uh, Robert Downey Jr. And when I saw this actually on a post on LinkedIn, I think it was, it just truly resonated with me to the deep reaches of my soul. So let me, where's it? Okay, here we go. Here we go. It's going to be right here, so let me share my screen here a quick second. Share Chrome tab. There we go. And this is what it says, and it's going to be right here. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not even about us. It's about legacy. It's about what we choose to leave behind future generations. And I even add on to that, ladies and gentlemen, to leave a living and lasting impact onto others. And if we can do that in the way of valuing others, I think, again, it's that win-win-win scenario that gets us all together at the table of humanity. So I'll go to you, Coach Judy. What's your thoughts on that? Well, um, I look at it in many different ways. Having uh, never really worked for a company, I've always been on the other side of the entrepreneur uh, part of business and life itself. And I think that so much is about how you are in accepting of others and also as i put it up in chat is also accepting the differences it's like for example my daughter and i don't see things a lot in the same way so the way we look to get along is 
by showing respect is that we agree to disagree and not get into trying to prove to the other person whether they're right or wrong. But it's about acceptance. And I think that's part of the problem we have is that if, you, if you're unwilling to be accepting of the indifferences, it's going to have conflict and we're going to just keep escalating it. But if we can role model and maybe I don't know what you have in paper in four, oh, I'm sorry, in like a piece of paper that you can actually show people as to what humanity is, um, it, it doesn't offer much of a center because from what, as a new person trying to follow what's trying to be accomplished here, I'm hearing a lot of different things. I'm hearing a lot of similarities. Okay. And so it's like, okay, I still go back to what is it is like, who are we? Who am I? And what is it about me that I like about me or value about me that I can contribute and respect others? Because too many people don't respect each other. And again, I forgot who was saying it, but also if you're a leadership role, too many have the egos, too many professions uh, of the professionals have such egos that they lose um, respect and acceptance of others and more likely to come down. So I believe as an entrepreneur and having what I've done and giving, and giving back and helping with in a lot of ways is that we really got to um, recognize who we are as an individual and and take in what everybody is saying and accept what is being said and choose to keep what we feel is the value to us that we can take and use in any in every part of our life and when you're a leader one must do as has been said here you need to respect and accept Does that help you? You need respect, and what was the last thing? You need to respect and accept. And accept, okay. Okay, because then we, because you want to do, you want to neutralize everybody so that nobody's trying to compete. Because if you start to try to compete against one another, that's where you get that internal turmoil in, in, a, in, in an individual. It's about doing doing the best you can in whatever it is that you're doing and showing respect to everybody, regardless of what level they are, what, what level income, regardless whatever wherever they come from, because everybody has unique information to share and bring. But when you, you want to be think you're better than anybody else, that's when you lose, I think, in many ways, humanity to others. What's your thought on that, Carla? Um, well, I was just thinking. I was kind of thinking about uh, egos. That there that there are a lot of people that are professionals that have have egos, and they do think that they're uh, above other people. But you know what? We all we all put our pants on one leg at a time, <laughs> and our coffins well, are always the same size. And I have to tell you something, when you stand up or be assertive to these people, they 
they get angry and retaliatory. And depending upon where their anger or their self-respect is, can lead to whatever may end up happening, positive or negative. You're breaking up there. Okay. What I'm saying is, it's um, is it's about when these people who have these security or the super egos, the super kids, for those who understand the psychology and things of that nature. They are so far above that they're unwilling to yield to others of knowing something, and and instead of accepting it, they will retaliate against you because they feel threatened. Because so many people out there who they act like they're superior, they're their best, they're really people who are very insecure people, but that's how they're able to build their own security to cope with other people. Because I've had, for example, uh, best way to say it, I used to see this one doctor for a short time, and and I heard him say this to another patient, and he had said she's crazy, and and then he even said it to me, and it's like, well, what it is, it's like you don't like somebody standing up and being assertive and saying, well, you're not accurate because you're not looking at all the facts or no, you're not, not correct, these are the facts. So they have to evaluate in some way to be their ego on a conscious or unconscious level. Well, I must say that I probably wouldn't be in that work situation very long. Well, that's why I like being in, and like what, what Chris is doing, inviting me to come here and listen. Because it is about humanity and how you treat others and how you value yourself and how you have learned from your own experiences of how to treat people. Brian, what's your thoughts? Well, I, everybody has an ego. Um, I've yet to meet someone who doesn't. Um, Look, our individual values will always supersede that of the greater good. Um, when push comes to shove, you're going to take care of yourself first, your family second, or first and second, and then you'll worry about your neighbor. Um, and, 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 you know, yeah, there, my, my question about, you know, people being put above others, and, and we do this in leadership, well, what – what what makes you think that they chose to be put up there? Like we're the ones putting them above us. Like we inadvertently put ourselves below other people. I mean, it's not always that they have such a huge ego and then they choose to be above us. It's maybe they have a big ego because we've told them that they're already above us. Well, like, I have to. I, I'd like to I, add interject to what you're saying because having. Lived it, and I've lived on both all different levels of our culture. And what it is is that the reason they're able to is that because why we put them up on that pedestal is because so many people are so insecure they are afraid to speak up to a leader. Yeah. I there, there's certainly an aspect of insecurity, fear, worry, doubt, whatever limiting belief we have. I mean, but 
you know, take it in, in, in context of, uh, uh, of an athlete or a, a movie star or something. I mean, why do they think they're better? Well, we, we pay them like they're better. Um, you know, and, and there is an aspect of skill. Um, Michael Jordan was the best player in the NBA. Like, he, he was just better. Tiger Woods was a better golfer than everyone else who played in the PGA for the last 20 years. Like, there's an aspect of, yes, there are people who are bigger, faster, stronger, smarter. Like, we're not all equal in that skill set. Like, we have all different skills, higher or lower, but some people are just better. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, the, the notion, though, of leadership is that, yeah, we, we put people in positions of leadership, you know, as, as we've talked about. And then we say, leader, tell me what to do because we superimpose that they have some magical quality or some magical trait or skill or knowledge that we don't have. And then we get mad when they don't do what we want them to do. It's like, well, if you don't like what they're doing to you, then, you know, fool me once, fool me twice. Like, who's the jackass for putting them up there then? Like, you know, you look around the room and you don't find the a-hole, it's probably, right? So, you know, this, this notion that other people are above us, okay, if, you know, look, I'm not saying that doesn't show up for people in the world, but I'm just saying we're the ones that put them there. If you don't like it, don't put them there. Like, you can't, you can't pressure other people. You can't, you know, instill stuff. Like, it, this whole notion that I'm going to be told what to do because someone else, you know, can tell me what to do and I'm going to believe them. Well, if I believe them, that's me. Like, you can't, you can't, like, I don't know. I, I just don't think the persuasion aspect is as strong as people think it is. Um, once you recognize what it is, like, there's a lot of messaging that goes around in the world, and it's all through language, and yes, there's a lot of manipulation through language. Um, but once you recognize it for what it is, it has less of an impact on you. But, you know, whether it be Tony Robbins or other people, I mean, there's all certain kinds of language and elicitation and manipulation and stuff. I mean, but that's how you build rapport with people. You know, you get together with people, you speak in certain language with them and you get agreement. You know, it's people feel, hear, see, think, you know, smell, taste stuff. I mean, it's how you get into the build rapport with them. It's, it's not, you know, complicated. It's just, as Sandy said, it's a matter of paying attention largely. Um, sadly, most people aren't paying attention. Most people are, you know, paying attention to what is going on in between the six inches between their ears. Um, they don't live out here. They live in here. And that's fine. But, yeah. If you want, in other words, if you want to believe it, it's true. You know, I had a college professor once tell me that and he was studying something in history. And there's a lot of people who don't believe certain historical events occur, like landing on the moon. There's still people who believe that it happened in a soundstage in Burbank, California. Uh, <laughs> there are still people who believe the world is flat. 
Um, you know, there are people who don't believe that 9-11 was actually happening with real airplanes. Like, that's the latest one that I heard, and I thought that was kind of fascinating. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks. Um, but, you know, we, people believe what they want to believe. You know, they, the last year and a half has proven that out really well. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, so let me ask. So let me ask you this, Brian. When it comes to value, can we give someone a positive value or a negative value at any given time? What was that? I'm sorry. Can you give negative or what? Can you give somebody a positive value, like giving positivity, and give people negative value with the negativity? Can is that something we either consciously do or unconsciously do when it comes to value? We look. Most of what we do is unconscious. Um, it's a matter of learning how to speak to the unconscious to bring it conscious. Um, but in terms of, can we actually give someone negative value? What, what do you mean? Like, if. if if you're in in working with me, let's say, and you don't pull your weight or anything like that, the way I value you is going to be in a negative than it would be the positive. That's what I'm getting at. But and then you're just valuing results. You're not valuing me. You're valuing results. Although, so it's the result factor. Well, yeah. I mean, you're by extension – I'm guilty by association because you're valuing what that what results mean to you, and then I am you're you're by default saying I'm the byproduct of not getting those results, and I may or may not be. I'm not saying it, it, it's one or the other. It's just that ultimately you're valuing whatever the, the the results are. But that's what we end up doing in business. I look at value as is being important like when i look at the people that are in my life that i say that 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 they are valuable to me it's because they make a contribution to my life um there are people that in the other hand when you're thinking positive and negative there are people that have been of value in my life that have helped my values to know how I don't want to be. So maybe their negative behaviors are negative in that sense, but they've also brought value to me because it has helped formulate my values. Here's another thought. Hmm? I want to see if Brian likes this. Leadership. Like for example, I run across somebody, you know, in that maybe I knew that was a criminal or whatever, you know, or they stole, you know, a kid, maybe somebody that I grew up with stole from the store and they ended up being punished. Well, even though their action was negative, what they actually did was actually positive because it made me aware of, Hey, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get into trouble for that. So everybody that you encounter, whether it be in your personal life or your professional life, brings some sort of value to you. Okay, what do you think about this, Brian? Leadership is the courage to admit mistakes 
the vision to welcome change, the enthusiasm to motivate others, and the confidence to stay out of step when everyone else is marching to the wrong tune. It's a nice description from an observer giving an account about leadership, but it's not leadership. Like leadership doesn't exist in concepts, suppose, suppose that. It, it, it doesn't exist in definitions. It doesn't exist in descriptions. It, it would be like sitting and watching a tennis match from the stands and giving an account of what's happening down on the court. That's how we describe leadership. Yet being down on the, on the court, that's not what's showing up. It's completely different. Like, as I think I had mentioned to, to Melinda, like if you're in the military and you're in the heat of battle, like you're not thinking about leadership style and communication style and being nice to your, you know, mm -hmm. teammate or, you know, person at the moment. Like as the moment is occurring, like you're just there out in the world. Mm -hmm. It's not until after the event is over that you do kind of a debrief and be like, oh, that's what I was doing. Like, so the act of being a leader, no, I, I don't think any of that actually occurs while being a leader. It describes it nicely, but that doesn't get me any closer to being a leader. In my opinion. Okay, that's why I asked you. Yeah, no, I it, it, it all sounds great. I agree with everything. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, it's, there's, I'm just not sure that that's leadership. Like, Brian, I always like to hear what you have to say about the different things that come up because your view of things is generally somewhat different than the rest of us, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, I like it. <laughs> but it, 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 Carla, like so, Carla, imagine this, like, it, it, it works a little like this. Most people play golf with a swing tip or a key, right? Take the club back slow. Keep your head down. Yeah. But if you ever draw this all the way out, people are very rarely actually playing golf where they're playing golf. They're actually in some kind of thinking process while playing golf. And they ever wonder why you can't actually play golf freely because you're thinking about all the information, remembrance of instruction and so forth. But the actual playing of golf exists in a conscious state of nothingness or an unconscious state of nothingness perhaps, where like, you know how to walk. Can you describe to me how you walk? <laughs> Right? Like, it's exactly why I just say hit the darn ball. Well, yeah, like, there, well, and, and, and Sandy, Sandy probably knows this from teaching. There's different levels of learning, right? I mean, there's 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 consciously incompetent, right? There's unconsciously incompetent, right? Which comes before it. Then you're consciously incompetent. Then you're unconscious. You're consciously competent. You're thinking about it as you do it, and then you become unconsciously competent. Right, which is where we hopefully are with walking now. Um, but it, it's a little like driving a car, and as you're driving, the car kind of disappears. Like you're not aware of it, but you're in full control of it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. hopefully. Um, so, so that's what I think leadership is. Like 
you're there completely present to what's occurring and leadership might be happening, but you don't know that leadership is happening as it's happening because you're the embodiment of it. Of it, yes. As opposed to, hey, I'm going to give you a powerful question now to make sure that you're paying attention and that we have you're on the same page. Like that takes you out of being. Out of yes. Mm -hmm. So that that's kind of what I mean. Exactly. By that. That's true. Well, as we wrap up our hour, I think our call to action can be that we all feel like we should value the people that we're working with and, of, of course, value the people in our lives. So um, everyone brings value to your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So whether you believe they do or not. Yeah. And I would say positive and negative. Positive or negative. Positive and, yes, yes. That's, uh, yes, 100%. Yes. So as you go about your day later today and as you're watching this on the replay, um, think about who that you know in your life, either your personal life or your professional life um, that uh, brings value to you and, and let them to tell them that they're valuable to you and why they're valuable to, to you. Okay. Yeah. It'll go a long way towards solidifying a relationship with them. Yes. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. For sure. So if you're catching this on the replay, feel free to make sure that you put replay and let us know where you're where you're um, watching from. We'd love to reach out to you. And of course, uh, feel free to join us on our next uh, calls next week. On Tuesday, we have Sharon Care with Sandy Chernoff. Wednesday is Conversations for Humanity with Chris. And Thursdays is Humanity Happy Hour. Take care, everybody. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.